This is the More Than Right Podcast, an independent view of politics and American culture. I'm your host, Steve Lopez. It seems the Uvalde, Texas school shooting, which took the lives of 21 souls, has rekindled the age-old gun debate in America. As soaring inflation, record-high gas prices, and rising crime eats away at President Joe Biden and his party's approval ratings, Democrats cynically view the tragedy as a welcome distraction. Texas gubernatorial candidate and failed presidential aspirant Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke interrupted a press conference held by Governor Greg Abbott to proclaim his clairvoyance and mock outrage. Quote, You, he told Abbott accusingly, are doing nothing. You said this was not predictable. This is totally predictable, unquote. He later told an adoring press that Abbott made it, quote, easier to carry a gun in public, and he bragged about the fact that there would be no background check, no training, no vetting whatsoever, unquote. At the White House, meanwhile, President Biden took time away from begging overseas tyrants to sell us more oil and imploring Europe to airlift baby formula to mothers in third world America and address the gun control issue. Quote, I respect the culture, the tradition, the concerns of lawful gun owners. At the same time, the Second Amendment, like all other rights, is not absolute. Unquote. He attempted to lessen the blow for those Americans who believe their rights are, to quote Thomas Jefferson, inalienable, and said gun control measures being negotiated in Congress are, quote, about protecting children. It's about protecting families. It's about protecting our freedoms to go to school, to a grocery store, to a church, without being shot and killed, unquote. So let's stop the ridiculous histrionics and have a no-holds-barred conversation about the right to bear arms. When Thomas Jefferson was ambassador to France, he was horrified upon hearing the delegates to the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia failed to include a Declaration of Rights in the document. In a letter to James Madison, the father of our Constitution, Jefferson wrote, quote, a bill of rights is what the people are entitled to against every government on earth, whether general or particular, and what no just government should refuse or rest on inference. Unquote. None other than Patrick Henry, who famously said, Give me liberty or give me death, objected to the ratification of the Constitution because it did not include a bill of rights. Quote, when the American spirit was in its youth, the language of America was different. Liberty, sir, was then the primary object. Unquote. Henry later became the leader of what was known as the Anti-Federalists. An article arguing against the ratification of the Constitution said in part, quote, Congress, by this new Constitution, will be composed of a body whose members, during the time they are appointed to serve, can receive no check from their constituents, unquote. And they might have won the debate if not for a promised check to congressional power. That promise was fulfilled by the first Congress of the United States 
who amended the new constitution by submitting a Bill of Rights to the states for consideration. Of the twelve submitted amendments, ten were ratified by the thirteen original states. Among these measures was the Second Amendment. It is short, clear, and absolute. Quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Unquote. Of late, the White House, Democrats in Congress, and the chattering class in the media are prone to say our constitutional rights are quote, not absolute. Unquote. That's been the argument against First Amendment free speech and the rationale behind the formation of a social media monitoring disinformation board by the Department of Homeland Security, a federal department second only to the U.S. Department of Defense in weapon stores. You may recall the time in 2013 when DHS raised a few eyebrows with their purchase of 1.6 billion rounds of hollow-point ammunition and 7,000 automatic weapons with 30-round capacity magazines. Larry Bell, writing in Forbes magazine, noted, quote, Hey, if some of us may be getting just a bit paranoid, DHS certainly isn't making it easy to resist the temptation, unquote. It seems congressional Democrats and hopelessly bumbling Republicans would have free Americans defenseless against this domestic paramilitary force. You see, the point of the Second Amendment is not to protect the gun rights of hunters, competition shooters, or weekend target plinkers. It assures that a free people are armed in the event the government decides to replace the absolutism of individual liberties outlined in the Bill of Rights with the absolutism of government power over its people. Those opposed to the Second Amendment, in opposition to Thomas Jefferson's admonition mentioned earlier, believe our trust of government should, quote, rest on inference, unquote. The media regales us with polls claiming the majority of Americans favor stricter gun constraints, and that dovetails neatly with a survey by the Campaign for Free Speech that finds 51% of Americans think the First Amendment is outdated and should be rewritten to include restrictions. And the survey also found 80% of respondents didn't know what exactly the First Amendment says or protects. And that's the reason. We have a Bill of Rights. The First Amendment, which set the tone for the original nine that followed, begins with the five most beautiful words in the English language. Quote, Congress shall make no law, unquote. This is vehemently anti-democratic. In these United States, there is a higher principle than one man, one vote, and that is the preservation of individual liberty against the irrational passions of the political majority and their duly elected representatives. Majority rule does not erase our inalienable individual rights. That means it is within the right of every gun-owning American to tell President Joe Biden and the majority of their fellow citizens, paraphrasing the late actor Charlton Heston as he held a revolutionary war musket high above his head, you'll have to take my gun from my cold, dead hands. The reason? Because American liberty is unapologetically and stubbornly absolute.
The mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas, has spurred a national debate, at least in the minds of the mainstream media, about gun control. That's because the media would rather keep the focus on guns and away from their role in the spike in mass shootings in the nation. According to a study by the National Institutes of Health, quote, social status is conferred when the mass shooter obtains a significant level of notoriety from news reports. Images displaying shooters aiming guns at the camera project an air of danger and toughness. Similarities between the shooter and others are brought to the surface through detailed accounts of the life of the shooter, with which others may identify. Fulfilled manifestos and the repeated reports of body counts heap rewards on the violent act and display competence. Detailed play-by-play accounts of the event provide feedback on the performance of the shooter. All these instances serve to create a model with sufficient detail to promote imitated mass shootings for some individuals. Unquote. And events over the Memorial Day weekend bear this out. According to Trace, a gun control advocacy group, 17 mass shootings occurred in the U.S. since the events in Uvalde. And last Saturday evening, a mass shooting in Philadelphia left three dead and 11 wounded. The shooter or shooters remain at large. The National Center for Health Research says that since the year 2000, a mass shooting occurs roughly every month. In passing, they mention CNN received more viewers covering the mass shooting at Columbine High School in 1999, in which 12 died and 23 were wounded, than their reporting on the death of Princess Diana two years earlier. Mass shootings get attention and not just from curious viewers. Mass shooters, in waiting, are interested as well. They see the hours of coverage dedicated to mass shootings, interviews with grieving family members and friends, and the biographies of mass shooters that mirror the same sad events in their own lives. A study published on the ScienceDirect website titled Aggression and Violent Behavior finds that mass shooters are more likely to be, quote, Young, white students, with signs of mental illness, suicidal tendencies, and grandiose behaviors. They were also more likely to target schools and use a combination of weapons. Additionally, fame-seeking shooters were more likely to receive media coverage than their counterparts, thereby reinforcing their initial motivations." The media's obsession with gun control seems more like a deflection from the obvious, an exploration of the media's prominent role in feeding the twisted cravings for fame in those psychologically predisposed to commit mass murder. By promoting the narrative that to prevent future mass shootings, government must deprive law-abiding Americans of their Second Amendment right to own and bear arms, the media deflects from another more obvious conversation, one about the media's obsessive coverage of mass shootings and how it encourages the aforementioned young, troubled males in their homicidal desire for fame and eternal infamy. President Joe Biden has said bans of so-called assault weapons by Congress is fine because no right is absolute. If this is true, shouldn't coverage of mass shootings by the press be censored due to its incitement of the insane to engage in murderous copycat behavior? If the Second Amendment is not absolute, neither 
is First Amendment freedom of speech and its protection of a free press from government censorship. The slippery slope created by the left's new doctrine of non-absolutism is leading the nation down a path to authoritarianism. Ironically, it's a so-called free press who has placed itself chief among freedom's non-absolutists. This is the equivalent of the National Rifle Association coming out in favor of gun confiscation. Adding irony upon irony, the chattering classes of the mainstream media are utterly oblivious to this glaring contradiction. That concludes this edition of the More Than Right podcast. If you wish to make a comment, you can contact the show at morethanrightpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Steve Lopez.